Welcome to Positive Disintegration, a path to authenticity. Sometimes, when you're researching a topic, particularly if it's new to you, it's hard to know when the sources that you're looking at could be problematic. So today, Chris and I, in this quick bite, are talking about red flags, things that will let you know that perhaps some further digging, investigation or critical thinking is required. And hopefully, by paying attention to these flags... And applying some critical thought, it can help you truly walk your path. G'day listeners, welcome back to Positive Disintegration. I'm Emma Nicholson. I'm Dr. Chris Wells. And Chris, today we're doing a quick bite on red flags. We are red flag behaviors in people. I think part of the reason why we wanted to do a red flag list uh, was really to help people avoid problematic sources. Um, I know this is a big thing in some of the heathen content that I consume, um, and it's really good that you have people out there sharing red flags and like dog whistle things um, because particularly in heathenry there are some sources which let's face it are you know racist and bigoted and you don't want to consume that content or get led down a path by people who don't have good values or good intent so for me in particular I think it's good to have a sort of list particularly if people are starting off with a, with a topic or, you know, with the theory, to know when they're looking at a source, is it a source uh, that they can trust or should they give it some more critical analysis? Yeah, I have examples of this too. You know, I like your ones from Heathenry because it takes us like out of the water we're swimming in, you know, to like another area. But like, Transphobia is what comes to mind. Yeah, or even the incel stuff you see on the internet, you know, if people talking about Andrew Tate, that's a red flag. You know, if people are talking about red pill, that's a red flag. You know, so for people who are coming across content for the first time, sometimes they need to be aware of stuff that can often be cleverly disguised um as even virtue signaling or something like that um but I, I think these things help people be a little bit more discerning with the the content they consume and like while i i don't want to say there's people doing horrible nefarious things with the theory of positive disintegration um sometimes you can have these triggers which help you know that maybe you need to dig a little bit deeper or do a bit more critical questioning that's right so yeah we broke this down into different areas to discuss in this episode. I'm only saying that because I'm looking at it right in front of me. (laughs) That's all right. Um, So, Chris, the first one we've got uh, is people who discourage authenticity because we know the theory is about being authentic. So um, what are some things that we might see where people are being discouraging others to not be authentic? Well, this is anybody who is suggesting you they know better than another person who they really are. Maybe this kind of person is discouraging somebody from expressing themselves authentically and their gender or, I mean, any other part of that, whether they have like some neurodivergence, whether you, whether you um, 
are saying that, you know, people who choose to identify like as autistic or whatever shouldn't, you know, I mean, I, you see a lot of negativity about this if it's kind of everywhere. And I would say, um, you know, that's one way it looks. If you're talking about gender issues and you're like trans issues and you're a cis person, you should take a look at that because you have no authority on that issue. And particularly if someone's suggesting that your view of yourself and who you really are is incorrect for whatever reason, you know, as you said, whether it's to do with your gender identity or your status as being neurodivergent or your status as gifted, um, then that is maybe something to be aware of. So anyone who says that they know you better than you do, that's possibly something that you should be aware of. And be skeptical of people talking about a lived experience that isn't theirs. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I think the takeaway that we had with from this one is that, you know, if we can't be open and accepting of who other people are and who they're saying there are, then we probably need to have a look at ourselves. Um, and you really have the right to be you and who you say you are. Unapologetically. Yes, absolutely. Um, the second one that we've got is canon purists. Um, so canon purists is anyone who only wants to talk about what Dabrowski said and don't see positive disintegration as an experience, only see it as Dabrowski's theory and that's the only frame of reference that we've got. And Chris, I think it'd be interesting to hear from you what Dabrowski's take on that would actually be. That's a good question. I have multiple perspectives on that because I think that he wanted his theory to grow and evolve and that was the dream, you know, that other people would pick up on it and build on it and that it would become a part of life. Like, you know, he was a proponent of mental hygiene and so he had this really incredible interdisciplinary perspective where he thought that it took a lot of different areas, you know, and disciplines in order to understand and be able to, you know, properly address issues and how to help people achieve true mental health, you know, from his framework. Unfortunately, that hasn't panned out. Yeah. So if, I mean, if you see someone who only wants to quote from Dabrowski or is challenging other ways of talking about disintegration as an experience, um, and the other one I've, I've found puzzling is people, someone actually wrote to me about this one in an email and said, oh, is it true that Dabrowski said 65% of people are in primary integration? And I'm like, well, he may have, but he was one guy doing research at one point in time. So um, I'd say the prudent thing to do would be that has to be retested and re-researched and I'm sure Dabrowski, as a man of science, would encourage people to do further research. We can't blindly just repeat things that he said without doing more research and looking at it. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's problematic to be constantly pointing back to the past and telling people, well, if you really, you know, you have to read Dabrowski to understand it. I mean, that's part of why the Dabrowski community has like been seen as cult-like at times, you know, because it's as if Dabrowski can't be questioned and what he said is like God's law and that's the gospel. And it's it's not that way. I mean, he meant for this to be like studied 
and applied in reality, you know, and, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that this has been a real problem and we have to break out of it. The only way past this is to name it for what it is and to move forward. You know, we need better research. Um, and, and this isn't to say like, of course, Dabrowski's words are beautiful and incredible. And I read them all the time. I mean, he, I felt mirrored in his work in such a special way where I hadn't in quite the same way anywhere else. It was really cool. And so that's an, that's a wonderful experience. And he really was a visionary, but we need more research. We need to understand this much better. He really, like, when you think about what he meant by multi-level and what he was describing as, like, the ideal and research and practice, and, you know, we're so far from it right now. I, I couldn't agree more. He, he, it's a great resource, um, and he was a pioneer. But I think the best way to do service to his work is to expand on it and to delve deeper and not just ring fence what was in his works and stop the train there because I honestly feel that that's the way to kill the theory is to not allow it to progress or to expand or to grow. And it's been so stifled in gifted education, especially, you know, the endless criticisms of Michael's work and calling everything into question and trying to invalidate it, to ignore it or erase it. I mean, this is all part of the problem. Well, Michael is the is one of the few people to actually do research with the theory, you know, to, to get other people involved like he did. Um, you know, we were just talking today in our Dabrowski Congress planning meeting about the original Dabrowski study group, you know, Linda Silverman, Frank, Nancy, Betty, all of them who used to study and work with the theory. I mean, we have to grow out of these conflicts that have done nothing but hold us back. Well said. So I think the takeaway from this one is obviously Dabrowski is a great resource. We're not questioning that whatsoever, um, but it's not the only one. Um, and positive disintegration is an experience, not just a theory. So we want to encourage more people to participate in working with this and, and not to continually point back to the past. Yeah, and that leads us to the next point that we were going to talk about which is endlessly speculating about the theory without doing research or not taking a scientific approach to, you know, your claims. Yeah, and we, we wrote down a bunch of bullet points and all of them had without evidence, after them doing something without evidence. And I think that's the, the main thing is like research, um, you know, is encouraged, I guess. Right? We, we need more data. We need more validation. And we've got a couple of things like, you know, talking down about or dismissing other people's resources or perspectives without evidence or speculating about the theory endlessly without doing research and, you know, arguing over the right way or the wrong way without validation. So it, it all comes back to the, the answer to any of these things is always more data. What is in my mind anyway, more data, more data that will only help the situation. So um, if there's a point where we don't have enough data, we should seek more. Agreed. Yeah, we definitely need more critical thinking and evidence. I don't know. I'm always trying to question myself and my perspective and why do I think this? You know, where, what evidence do I have to support this? And then I 
think about is that quality evidence you know i mean i think we really need to be careful about how we think even things like stating opinion as evidence but this comes down to something that society is encouraged to do as a whole anyway whether it comes to news or research or anything is think critically question the source think about where it's coming from what evidence does it have to to back it up Chris, you said we should really be ready to have a beginner's mindset and always sort of want to start from the beginning when we're looking at sources. So it helps when we're looking at anything to do that step of critical evaluation and say, who's it coming from? What evidence has it got to back it up? Um, what more evidence can I find? That's right. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say about that. Okay, well, let's talk about the the next one that we had, which is level labelers. Um, so people who see the levels as defined silos and like to try and pigeonhole themselves or others into one of the levels, and particularly when they're speculating about someone else's development. Oh, that that comes across as you know, you're a level three. And if you're doing it, if you are hearing this and thinking to yourself, oh, I do that, there's nothing wrong with that, think again. <laughs> like this isn't how you should be thinking of the levels. And if you wonder why... I'm just going to point you to our episode with Michael and hear what he had to say about the levels. We want to think of development as like a a cycle of growth. I mean, you know, both the process are, is what matters. Yeah, the process is what matters. And both you and I have been through multiple disintegrations, you know, and other people have described having that experience as well. So... It's not like you stake a claim in where you are now and go, that's me, I'm done, this will never happen again. You know, we've talked about even socialization being an ongoing force and, you know, you have to keep using that self-reflection. So anyone who's trying to put a hard stake in a level or put shove you into a pigeonhole yourself. Fly free. Sorry. I just pictured yes. that that pigeonhole. Um, we should put that. We should picture. do extended show notes yes. and put that picture. Little pigeons don't be put in holes. The, the process is what's important. And when we're thinking about what's going on in these different types of development, you know, the different kinds of disintegrations, sometimes they're mixed. You have unilevel and multilevel disintegration or dynamisms, you know, at the same time. So these things aren't clear cut and we should never be putting people into levels or ourselves. It's just, there's no point in it. It doesn't... Trust me when I tell you that I never sit around thinking like of myself in that way. Like I identify dynamisms in my life. It kind of shows me where I am, you know, and where I need to be. But there's just like, I mean, I don't understand. I can't even imagine where I would be like thinking to myself, oh, cool. Like I'm at level three now. Yeah. Because it only discourages you if you then go back and go, oh, I'm having some unilevel dynamisms right now. Oh, my God, I'm a failure. It backslid. Like, no, that's not that's not helpful thinking for you and your development. Um, and I don't think it's helpful either to be at the other end of it and saying, well, I'm a level four or a level five and I've completed my journey because then when the next challenge comes along or the next storm hits you, you know, you get into the next moment of psychological tension, then you know, you're going to feel like a failure. That's right. Yeah. And just, you know, to tie this back to what we were talking about with the research, there's so much left to be understood about how these different kinds of development look, you know, 
So we just strongly discourage this kind of behavior. Speaking of development, the next point we had on the list was developmental potential elitists. Thinking of overexcitability as only for the gifted and especially only for the highly and profoundly gifted, or even thinking that all gifted people have overexcitability, this really is an extremely limiting and black and white perspective that I discourage. And it is related to the above, I would say. It's just this is not what the theory is meant to be used for. It's not only for the gifted, like it's just there's no reason to believe that. I think the lessons that we can learn from the theory probably apply to a wider audience than we would first suspect. You know, seeing more value in levels one and two and seeing tension there and seeing process there. And, you know, it would actually be great if we could use the theory to help more people outside of a very limited audience. Well, it's true. I mean, just really especially having compassion for people um, who are in unilevel development. I think that that's Michael's biggest issue is just how, and that is this elitist kind of we're better than them, like assuming that you're like in a multi-level process and you're better than someone else. Like if you think that, you need to really take a look at yourself. I don't know how else to say it, but there's a lot of, I mean, there is like a lack of empathy around this. And that's, I think, what upset him and really drove him to show that real development takes place even in the unilevel process. And to say otherwise is to like doom a large swath of humanity to not having development. Like, can you really say that? It just looks different than multi-level development, which is intense, accelerated, dramatic, you know, can feel like it's, you know, I mean, breaking you down. It does kill some people. It's serious. Well, that's why he said psychoneurosis is not an illness. Well, a lot of that conversation has been lost in the gifted world. And when we're arguing over who has overexcitability, it's like, there are bigger fish to fry here. Like, there's so much more that yeah. we could be doing with this theory. Yeah, that's right. So, the theory about psychological tension, and I think in today's world, you know, where there's so much stress on the mental health sector, um, we have to look at rather than gatekeeping the theory from people, you know, how can we use it to help more people, no matter what stage of development they're at. That's right. And all I'm asking is that people do careful work and really work from evidence and data, like you said, uh, be critical thinkers, build on what's done, but don't be chained by it or limited by it. You know, we need to do better. And as you said, it comes back to that, that critical kind of thinking about sources because not everybody is maybe, as you said, if you're doing this behaviour, you might want to have a look at it. Not everybody does this stuff with ill intent. Um, sometimes people don't realise that maybe what they say or do might be harmful to someone else. I think the last five points, you can do them from a place of meaning well. Um, and sometimes they're just you know, the ways that we talk about things. But the last one is is the one that we really want to call out, which is people who are mean. Meaning like, I don't want us to sound mean, you know, I feel like there's a tipping point between here are some useful like yeah. 
things to look out for and like you know so we have to tread gently here yeah and we don't we don't want to be nasty on ourselves and call people out on this but we just maybe want to present some of these things so that people can maybe avoid being hurt themselves this is why we're bringing up this particular point is not to be nasty ourselves but just to help other people avoid pain that's right i mean we've experienced these things the i suppose the one thing that i would call out is when people are talking about the theory like they're experts in it but without displaying the things that Dabrowski said we should be working towards. So if they're not showing humility, um, if they're lacking in empathy and not open to the perspectives of others, when Dabrowski talked about the theory, he was talking about, you know, striving for universal values, having humility, having universal love, empathy being one of the most important things. So if people are not kind to their fellow humans in that way, open to hearing their perspectives, open to their authenticity and who they are as a person, then that is something I think to watch out for. And not just when it comes to looking at the theory, but, you know, for everybody in your life. You know, when you come across humans who don't speak about others in a kind and compassionate way, or they don't want to hear about their perspectives, or they don't want to acknowledge who they authentically are, that you know, is problematic for whoever you come across in life. It's true. And I don't know, listening to you talk about that makes me realize that I think what's hard for me about this is like my personal experiences with people who this has happened with, you know, in these past several years. And so it's a struggle because like my, you know, my desire is really to be like, well, like this, you know, but I mean, it can also just be said in general terms. Um, I guess, you know, red flag behavior, watch out when people are um, signaling that they're better than other people, they're higher level, that they're on a higher path than other people, but that doesn't necessarily like match their behavior. Yeah, particularly when that higher path thinking is accompanied by talking down on other people. And treating them as lesser. So, like transphobia. Yeah. Um, And and questioning other people's authenticity and who they are in a way that's horrible and nasty, or, you know, calling people uni levels or, you know, calling non gifted people muggles or anything that elevates someone to a higher position and then punches down on others. Um, Ooh, I would or consider a red flag. Me too. And I would include people who um, question neuro- being neurodiversity affirming, suggesting that there's something wrong with identifying as neurodivergent. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's enough. I mean, we said, right? Like, uh, I think our, our takeaway from that is to you know, trust your, your instincts on it and, and bear in mind those what those higher values look like and what Dabrowski's actually taught us about being a better person. And if someone's not showing humility and not showing empathy for others, yet they're trying to speak to others from a place of authority, just question that. Just, just question say, that. 
yeah, you don't have to be dismissive, but that that's the place to apply some critical thinking. So, yeah, learn from our lessons and watch out for these behaviors. Trust us that we have had to learn the hard way and we're just yes. trying to be helpful and point things out. I know that a lot of these things um, may not be obvious. You know, I mean, this is our bread and butter to be on the lookout for these things and to, I mean, we're doing this work like daily and exposed to some of this stuff. And so it's the water we're swimming in and we know that you're not necessarily, but we just want to help point these things out and help. Yeah. And, and really it's to avoid harm, help people be a bit more discerning about what it is that they're ingesting and hopefully set them on a good path with their own journey. That's right. And really get the maximum value from the theory and its application in your life because it's easy, it's, it's possible to be led down a bad path with this work and it ends up being like more constraining than expansive. So we want to have you, you know, I don't know, we want to just help offer you like multiple perspectives. Okay. Well, thanks, Chris. This has been informative and, you know, difficult, but hopefully worthwhile for our listeners. So always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. It is always a pleasure. And thank you, listeners. We always appreciate you too. Continue your path to authenticity through the links in the show notes. Subscribe to our Substack newsletter for stacks of cool things delivered straight to your inbox. Explore the Dabrowski Centre, email us, or join us on social media. And don't forget to show your love by liking, subscribing, grabbing some positive disintegration merch, or leaving us a rating or review on your podcast platform. 